welcome everybody to episode 30 of Rock the Dragon and Dragon Ball Super Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Here we are, we've reached episode 30. Uh, even though that's not a big deal, every time you reach one of those numbers that has a, a zero at the end, you almost kind of feel like you reach some sort of a some sort of a milestone of some sort, although we already had our official celebration of sorts uh, on episode 25. So once again, if you missed that, if you want to go back and check out episode 25 of the podcast, it was a supersized episode. Uh, I had a guest host on that episode. We also reviewed Spider-Man Homecoming at the end. I tried to do some extra fun things for that episode, so hopefully you guys enjoy that. A reminder here that I did host two other podcasts, one called Geek Lidos, where we talked about everything geek, as well as Republic City Report, which was a Legend of Korra podcast. Um, a reminder here to head over to Facebook.com slash Rock the Dragon Podcast for any questions, comments, etc., things like that. Uh, for our segment called What Are You Saying, which is where I read your emails and your comments and we come on the podcast, we talk about it and all that. Uh, with that being said, I do have an email here that I'm going to read um, in a second. Uh, also, I have an iTunes review. Uh, so remember, you can always leave me a review over on iTunes. So very nice to get a review. Uh, first time I've gotten one since May. Uh, sorry to say it's a negative review, which is okay because uh, I've been trust me, I've been making things. <laughs> I've been making things long enough now to where I know that not everyone's going to like everything that I make. And that's just something that you sort of have to accept when you're a creator. And most of you guys are probably creators in your own right somehow. So you already know what it's like. And that just comes along with the territory. But just as with all the reviews that I've gotten, I'm going to read this one, too. So it says nice guy in the subject line. I'm assuming that's referring to me. I'm not sure. Or maybe it's sarcastic. Nice guy. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, two out of five stars by Dispo. D-Y-S-P-O. Uh, it says here, not for a real fan. If you actually know your Dragon Ball, this isn't for you. Now, once again, totally entitled to your opinion. You know, not everyone's going to like everything that you do, no matter how much time, energy you put into it, etc. It just comes along with the job. Now, the only issue I, I take with this review, Dispo, is that it says not for a real fan. If you actually know your Dragon Ball, this isn't for you. Because not only are you saying that I'm not a real fan, okay, but you're also saying that my listeners aren't real fans, which is not cool. <laughs> because I think they would disagree with you on that. Uh, I'll tell you this. I will battle you in Dragon Ball Z trivia any day of the week. Okay? So if anybody out there who's contesting my real fanness, <laughs> which is so silly in itself anyway, right? You know, this whole debate that that we seem to have when it turn when when it comes to fictional stories about whether or not someone's a real fan because uh, everyone's definition of that is certainly going to be different and people tend to say that you know if for if they if they have difference in opinions with someone they tend to want to say they're not a real fan but uh, i don't think anybody's going to contest my uh the realness of my fandom here but uh like i said you ever want to battle me in dragon ball z trivia any day of the week and, uh, and then we can see who's a real fan and who isn't. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So that takes care of that. Now we're going to switch over to um, what are you saying for this week? Once again, send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I have an email here from Ricky. Ricky, thanks again for emailing me, man. I appreciate it. Uh, it says, hey, Tim, listening to episode 29 and wanted to plug a beloved Dragon Ball mobile game of my own. 
You should check out Dragon Ball Doken Battle, which is made by Namco Bandai, who produced all of the Dragon Ball fighting games from the PS1 to the present. Doken Battle, I, a kind of character parentheses card collector game with a game board dice roll mechanic mixed with bubble popping combat and Dragon Ball fighting animations, which sounds weird but will make sense when you try it out. Also, when you start the game, the audio is in Japanese, but you can change it to the English voice actors in the menu. Uh, parentheses, every cutscene and super animation has voice acting, impressive for a mobile game. Uh, also, the game covers a great deal of Dragon Ball content from Dragon Ball to Z to GT to Super. Don't be deterred by the GT content. Check it out. Let me know what you think on the podcast. Ricky, thanks for letting me know about that. Uh, you know, this is one of those. I think, yeah, last on episode 29, I talked a little bit about uh, Saiyan Frontier, which was more of a third party sort of uh, non-official Dragon Ball game. And I played that for a little bit uh, and I also checked out this one. This is one that had popped up in my was popping in my feed a lot. Right. And because a while back when I found out about uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, the new game that will be on Xbox next year and PS4 next year, the fighter. I liked the Dragon Ball Z games Facebook, which is like the official Facebook page of like the video games. So they post about this game on there a lot. Now, as I mentioned last time, I'm not I'm not a big fan of uh, <clears throat> games on my phone. You know, <laughs> I'm just not. And in addition to that, I'm also not a big fan of like uh, RPG type games. And so you know i i did try this game out but i just i'm gonna be honest with you it's probably not something that i'm going to play much just because i don't play these kinds of games in general it's not even saying that this is bad or anything i did jump in there for a little bit uh from when i saw the animation it was cool from when i saw the storyline that was developing it was cool Uh, i like the way the characters kind of popped up and like they had the word bubbles i didn't even realize for some reason i just didn't notice that you could change the uh, audio to English, so I didn't even go that far. Uh, I just listened to it in Japanese, and I kind of I actually found myself <laughs> trying to do the voices myself as I was reading through the dialogue out loud. Uh, but essentially, like these, yeah, these card type games, I just, you know, obviously nothing against anyone who plays these. I'm sure they're great in their own way. It's just a it's a genre that I just never really got into. Um, and even, you know, and you think if there is any time where I would get into it, it would be for Dragon Ball Z. But there, there's been some other ones like this before. And uh, I actually have some of the uh, Dragon Ball Z like trading card game uh, cards that they came out with like years ago. I have some of those. But, you know, I'm more so just kind of collected those just to have them. Uh, but I never actually played the game. So I'm not a big fan of those games. But from what I've seen of this, it seems to be cool. And then also a lot of the reviews that I read are pretty good. So if anyone else out there is interested in uh, Dragon Ball Doken Battle, it's a free game. Um, obviously, with most of these games, you know, at some point that you're going to have the option to buy power ups or something like that. So uh, you can pretty much expect that to happen in there. But for the most part, it's free. So if that sounds like something you guys want to check out, make sure you check it out. I'm sorry I couldn't play it more to give you a better review on that. But um, my time has been very limited and I just... I'm just not a big fan of, uh, you know, smartphone games in general. Uh, believe it or not, I haven't played most of the. <laughs> there are all these games that people have been playing for years. Angry Birds and all this shit. I've never played any of those. I just don't. I just don't. I mean, I think the last 
iOS type game that I actually bought was like Street Fighter Four, um, and I barely played that because I I, I, I had Street Fighter Four on PS3, and then I had a friend of mine who just wanted to play it on, play against me on the phone for some reason, so I bought it. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't even think I have it anymore. I'm pretty sure I deleted it after a while because I wasn't playing it. So yeah, because when I when I get my video game urges, I usually just go sit down and in front of my TV and play. Uh, but anyway, Ricky, I'm glad you've been enjoying that, man. Uh, thanks a lot for letting me know about it. Okay, so I think it is time to transition on over to the episode talk for this week. Of course, this episode of Rock the Dragon podcast uh, is going to cover episode 30 of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, which is titled a run through for the competition who are the last two members okay so this is the question that i kind of posed on the last episode we knew that um there was going to be that we already had at least three of our fighters figured out for this um this multi-universe tournament uh and that was goku vegeta and this warrior that beerus knows called manaka I think, but there was a question of who are those next two going to be. So obviously we know that we know that we're leading into that on this episode. Now, uh, I know what you're all. You, I'm sure you guys have been wanting to hear my opinion on this episode. Uh, if you've seen the episode, you're probably uh, very weirded out by it, uh, as I was. Uh, this is essentially a clips episode, which. Uh, if you've been watching television for a long time, you know that this is something that is not incredibly uncommon. Uh, I think it's become less common in the past 10 years or so. I remember shows that used to come out in the 90s used to do this kind of stuff all the time. Uh, where for one reason or another, they would just spin an episode with nothing but flashbacks and just showing clips and someone will be talking, telling a story and it'll essentially just and that's what we get here. That is what we get. Now, the question is, uh, is why did we get it? You know, because I know that with some there could be any number of reasons why they did this. Uh, it could have been a matter of, um, you know, sometimes they just want to remind the audience of the journey so far so that when we get to the point that we're heading toward the destination is means a lot more. Uh, when you reach that point than it did when it would otherwise, you know, because sometimes we'll just kind of forget the journey that we've been on. And then so they'll kind of remind us of it. Now, I don't think that that's the case here necessarily with Dragon Ball Super because, well, hell, we're only 30 episodes in. I mean, <laughs> it hasn't been that great of a journey so far. And not only that, we've gotten different story arcs. It's not like it's been one consistent journey from episode one to now. The story has changed between sagas. So, um, but like I said, it's not unheard of. And honestly, some of the best shows out there have done this. Um, you know, I have some listeners that came over from Republic City Report, my Legend of Korra podcast. Uh, the Legend of Korra did it too. Um, now, it, they waited a lot longer. They waited later on to, I think, the final season of the show to do it and avatar the last airbender did it also once again in the final season of the show but those shows are different in the sense that well certainly avatar the last airbender because that entire series was one story one journey one main villain you know it just kind of built up to that it was so it was one story arc so when we got to that episode 
where they kind of went back and showed the journey so far, it was much more impactful and it made a lot more sense. But even then, they found a very creative way to do it instead of just showing clips. They actually, and not to get too far off topic here, but uh, the episode, the, the, if you're familiar with Avatar The Last Airbender, the gang, the uh, Avatar, Team Avatar, you know, they were in the Fire Nation and they went to see these performances like this production this theater production and the theater production essentially uh reenacted the story of the characters so it was a very creative way of doing it because we got to get we got to get the characters reactions to seeing their story play out in front of them but it was much more exaggerated <laughs> because that's how it would be right in real life you know not people aren't actually there so a lot of the stuff is hearsay so the stories get exaggerated they get some of the facts wrong mixed up uh, etc. So it was a very entertaining way of doing it. With Legend of Korra, they actually did it a lot like Dragon Ball Super, where they introduced some new footage, uh, but also had a lot of clips, flashbacks, and stuff like that. So I don't know exactly why they did it. I mean, another reason could be budgetary reasons. Sometimes, you know, the budget for a specific episode is way less than what they thought it was going to be. So it's much cheaper to reuse animation than it is to make new animation so then you write a story based around those clips and you you do as much new animation as you can uh in there so that it's not just clips so i mean it's, even though this is pretty fucking annoying to an extent <laughs> it's also not the craziest thing in the world that they would have done this uh but with that being said can i say i enjoyed this episode well, of course not, right? I mean, I don't think anyone actually enjoys these flashback episodes unless you do something cr super creative with it. And I feel like they tried that, but I feel like they failed at it. I mean, I really do, because I mean, this shit was really, especially the, the first like 10 minutes of it, super confusing. I mean, the way they, I knew the, the second the episode started and the narrator didn't come in and say previously on Dragon Ball Super that... It was going to be a different episode, right? Because that didn't happen. <laughs> they went straight from the opening credits into the episode. So I was like, okay, well, something weird is going on here. Um, and that's because, well, they knew that they were going to spend 15 minutes of the episode later on telling us everything that happened basically over the entire series. Um, so they, there was no point in them having it at the beginning. Uh, so, um, with that being said, I'm obviously not going to go into a lot of detail on this episode because I'm not going to talk about shit we've already talked about, right? I mean, that wouldn't make any sense. So I'll just kind of touch upon some of the newer things that happened here because we did get some new stuff. Now, what they do is they kind of use Krillin as sort of a way to kind of kick this thing off, right? Um, a lot of TV shows do this. They bring in a character who wasn't around for all the previous events. I mean, obviously he was around for some of it, but a lot of the more recent stuff he wasn't. So they kind of use Krillin as a way, okay, we're going to explain what happened to Krillin. And then at the same time, we're re-explaining this to the audience. Uh, and who knows, man, maybe, maybe in the original Japanese run of these episodes, maybe they took a break. You know, maybe the Japanese episodes took like a two, three, four week break or something. So when they came back, they felt like they needed to remind everyone of what happened because it's not like it is now for us where we get we can watch these episodes in Japanese if we want because they've already been out the original Japanese run those people had to wait to see the episodes you know 
Uh, so I don't know. I mean, it could be any number of those reasons. But uh, so yeah. So basically, they just kind of use Krillin as sort of that catalyst to do so. Now, what what what's really fucking weird though <laughs> is that you know. Krillin is asking Goku, I mean, first of all, they're, they're, you know, Goku kind of made up this excuse to get away by saying that there was a uh, picnic of some kind of space picnic, um, which, you know, they kind of talk about that just being an excuse. He's not telling Chi Chi and everybody uh, the truth, because I guess he's just kind of worried about what they're going to think about it. Uh, so Krillin's under the impression that that's what's going on until they tell him about it. But then Goku and Vegeta agree that Vegeta's the one who's going to tell him the story. But instead of Vegeta telling the story, the narrator magic magically comes in out of nowhere and he starts to tell Krillin the story. Uh, so it's, I don't know. It's just kind of weird, right? Because they're flashing back between Goku and Vegeta and Krillin, but yet the narrator is the one telling the story. So I just don't understand why they didn't just let Vegeta tell the story instead of the narrator. That didn't make any sense to me. Um, <laughs> because they haven't done anything like this before on the show. And I don't think there was anything like this in Dragon Ball Z at all. Uh, now, there was some filler episodes. Yeah. But that's when you get those episodes where it's just like they don't advance the story. It's just a side adventure or something like that. But instead of doing that here, they literally just kind of retell everything that happened. Uh, and the narrator just kind of jumps in there and just kind of refreshes our memory on all this stuff, which I mean, for some people may be a good thing because it could be a lot. It could have been confusing if you really think about a lot of this explanation of the multiple universes and the counterparts and the super dragon balls. I mean, there's a lot of information to take in a short amount of episodes. But, you know, most of us, we listen to podcasts and stuff like that. So you get an extra sort of dose of that. And hopefully I do a good job of coming on here and breaking down some of that stuff that maybe some of you guys are confused on. I don't know everything and I don't understand everything. And sometimes you guys help me out because you'll email me and help me clear up something that I didn't get. So but a lot of people, they may not do that. Right. They may just watch the episode one time and leave confused. So then maybe they find, you know, they feel like they should do episodes like this. Uh, but yeah, essentially, we're just kind of taken back to a lot of stuff that's already happened. So, I mean, I'm really going to kind of jump ahead through a lot of this because, I mean, the, a lot of this stuff, there isn't anything new now. And then <laughs> and then it gets even more weird because Goku starts like going back and forth with the narrator. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here now? Like now Goku's breaking the third wall, the fourth wall all of a sudden, <laughs> the third wall. He's breaking the fourth wall all of a sudden and like talking to the narrator. So it's just I, I, I'd be curious to know what the the reasoning was behind all of this. But hey, you know, we got it. Obviously, Super has been anything but perfect so far. So it's not entirely surprising that they would do this. But essentially, the point of this is that they remind the audience of all these things. And uh, they also inform Krillin. So now Krillin is aware of it. Uh, so then we kind of get into this conversation about who are we going to find to be the other uh, our teammates in this because they still have to find two more people right so I speculated that Majin Buu would be one and obviously that's that's the first person they thought of um, so we do get this scene where they visit Majin Buu <laughs> it's pretty funny I mean Majin Buu just kind of sitting on the couch reading like a comic book or something and they're asking him to join and he's like uh, you know, he, he's just, you know, Boo's just not interested uh, until Goku comes up with his idea and says, hey, you know, 
we, if we get these super dragon balls it stands to reason that we'll be able to make uh bigger wishes than before and maybe even more wishes than before so they kind of promised boo that they'll let him they'll give him a wish and that's enough for boo to be like okay you know it's fine uh i'll fight i mean of course he doesn't talk like that but uh <laughs> so uh, we get this pretty funny moment where uh, Miss, Mr. Satan kind of overhears the conversation. He goes in there and he's like, boo, wait a second. Now, you know, uh, you're not going to wish for anything crazy, are you? Because we got to remember, man, like, boo, boo's a good guy now, but he's still you know, a little bit detached. So you do have to be concerned that he will wish for something like turning the universe into chocolate. And Boo's like, no, I have everything I could ever need from you, Mr. Satan. I'm going to, if I, I'll, I'll give the wish to you. And it's kind of like this sweet moment. Uh, this relationship with them has always been super weird, but yet at the same time, it's really like, it's just funny and interesting and kind of heartwarming, you know? Um, and I'm still waiting for that Mr. Satan Majin Boo spinoff comedy series too let's get that going <laughs> let's get that mini series going because i just want to see what it's like living in their house with those two or maybe they can do a reality show or something now we do get to see beerus and weiss during this episode too so once again it's not all flashbacks and clips there is some new revelations here we get an interesting conversation between beerus and weiss where we find out some things that you know they're kind of a little bit um suspicious of each other in a way you know Weiss is throwing out a couple of his uh, sort of questions and and Beerus is coming back with his questions too. Weiss is saying that, hey, you know, it's very unlike you to spare a planet like that and, to, you know, to help him like with the do over and everything. And it's like, did your premonition uh, tell you more about this situation than you're letting on? And then we see that premonition again, where it looks like a planet exploded and within the ashes of that planet, in the dust, we see that image of the, the silhouette of the Super Saiyan God. So it's almost like Beerus already knew all of that was going to happen. Um, but of course, they're all kind of playing coy about it. Uh, and then Beerus kind of turns it around on Whis and says, hey, but look, you're kind of up to something, too, because why are you so insistent upon bringing him here to train? You know, you brought Vegeta here, and then the second you got back, you already knew Goku was going to ask, and you brought him here too, and he said something like along the lines of, you weren't hoping to train him to fight me, are you? And he's saying, uh, no, my lord. So, um, you know, hopefully this isn't just a bunch of, like, useless dialogue. Hopefully this is sort of building up towards something else that maybe they just kind of haven't, uh, revealed yet but a lot of this is just more uh flashbacks so at this point this is where they kind of go back to damn near the very beginning of everything and, and talk about goku's transformation to super saiyan god and etc uh but there's no reason to really go into all that again now at this point they kind of do a good job of kind of like addressing all those questions right because once again on the last episode of the podcast i was kind of throwing out my uh, theories on who they would choose and why they would choose them and why they wouldn't. Now, in, in addition to uh, Majin Buu, another question that came up was Gotenks, right? I said, well, I mean, I guess they could pick Gotenks, but that's technically two people, which I'm pretty sure they wouldn't be okay with because no one else gets to merge or fuse with anybody. So I'm thinking they're probably not going to do that. Well, they address that in this episode. We have 
uh, Goten and Trunks kind of flying and, ca- and they catch up with Goku and Krillin and, and Vegeta. Uh, and they're asking a fight. They're saying, hey, we know the truth. You guys are going to go fight some guys in the other universe. We want a piece of the action. And they're saying, no, you can't. Vegeta's saying that, you know, it's against the rules. Get strong enough on your own and then maybe you can fight. <laughs> and Goku's like, hey, man, they're just kids. And he's like, hey, I'm way more honest with my son than you are with yours. Uh, so they kind of address that, which makes sense. I kind of predicted that that would turn out that way. So their plan right now is to go ask Piccolo, right? Because once again, on the previous episode, I said, well, it's either between Piccolo and Gohan. Uh, and at the point at the time, I'm thinking, Gohan's still probably not strong enough because even though I kind of uh, assumed that at least a year had passed, uh, I'm not positive that it's been that long. Uh, And I'm also, even if it has been, there's no guarantee that that's enough time for him to get stronger. Um, So then you think, well, then there's Piccolo. Well, then you think, well, there's no way Piccolo can be strong enough for this battle, right? But I, you know, I guess they have to go with who they have to go with. So the plan is to ask Piccolo because the impression here, the assumption is that Gohan is too weak. Uh, But we find out that Goku wasn't even aware that Gohan was training somehow. (laughs) It's like a guy never even keeps up with his own fucking kids. Uh, But yeah, so we get some we get some pretty good, nice animation here of, of Piccolo and Gohan sparring, which is always cool to see. Uh, so we see Gohan kind of getting back into the mix. Um, so essentially they go and they have this conversation and, and, and they explain everything and they're saying, hey, Piccolo, you know, we, we want you to be on our team. But Gohan's saying, hey, what about me? And they're all kind of standing there like, uh, I don't know. But he says, you know what? I, I Things are different now. You know, I learned my lesson uh, with Frieza. I have a family to protect now. I need to get stronger and this will be a good opportunity for me to become more powerful. So then they agree. And for a split second, we're like, okay, shit, all right. I guess Gohan's getting in this thing. But then, which I don't know, from a, from a writing standpoint, it's kind of weird how they kind of gave us that and then took it away immediately. It seems like I don't, I don't understand what the point of that was. I guess so they could at least entertain the possibility of Gohan being selected for this but uh they tell him that that Beerus is coming in four days to pick him up and he's like four days you know he's worried about his family he's got a new kid he's got a job all this stuff so he says sorry on second thought you know I'll sit this one out so they go with Piccolo and Piccolo's a little bit you know he's not reluctant but you know he's not actually he doesn't see appear to be thrilled at the idea of it either so then uh, yeah, Piccolo pretty much agrees to just, you know, to join in and be a, be a part of this thing. So, so then they end up back at uh, Capsule Corp, where Boma has, you know, they've obviously constructed the Super Dragon radar. Piccolo's kind of giving it a look, uh, just kind of looking over it. Um, and we find out that their plan, and most of us probably predicted this. <laughs> they say, well, they have four days. What's the quickest way they can get strong in that amount of time? And yes, they do mention the hyperbolic time chamber, which is both one of the most annoying and the coolest things they've ever created in this world. <laughs> I think what's annoying about it is that it's, it's, it's sort of an easy solution to stuff, right? It's always kind of like this, uh, this little uh, convenience you know, it's like sensu beans. It's like this convenient thing that they introduced into the show, and because of it, 
it, it's kind of a little too um, well convenient at times. Uh, but to get to the point here is that they figure, hey, we have four days left. Let's go into this thing for like three years, uh, which I've always <laughs> I've always had a little bit of trouble suspending my disbelief when it comes to how easily it is for them to go into the hyperbolic time chamber for long periods of time, you know, because, yeah, it's only like three days outside. But to them, it's three years on the inside of this thing. And Goku's like, all right, let's go in. And he wants Vegeta to go with him. And Vegeta's like, I'm not going there with you. But eventually he convinces him to do it. And I'm just like, shit, man, three years. Could you imagine being trapped in some room with someone for three whole years? <laughs> But man, that's these sayings, man. They like to fight. And I guess they, to them, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> so yeah, as far as we know, they're going into the hyperbolic chamber, uh, time chamber for three years to train. They invite Piccolo to go, but he's like, you know what? I learned my lesson a long time ago. I'm definitely, uh, <laughs> I'm definitely not trying to keep up with these sayings anymore. It's better for me to just train on my own and et cetera. Uh, which I think is a good idea because he can stay, he can stay outside and kind of still help Gohan train. Uh, so essentially, that's all we get. They they agree to go do that. And um, the episode pretty much ends with Beerus and Whis flying off to wherever they need to go to go and get this fighter Manaka. So hopefully we'll meet this character next episode and we'll have our complete team. And then soon we'll get onto this this tournament and we'll see. Um, I'm assuming we're going to meet Champa's team at some point. You know, I don't know if we're meeting before the tournament starts or at the tournament or whatever, but uh, it's kind of exciting. This all in all, once again, because it was a clips episode, I'm not too thrilled with it. I mean, but I can at the same time, I can kind of understand that sometimes there are reasons that we are unaware of that this kind of stuff happens. Uh, so who knows? Uh, so what are you saying? Let me know your thoughts about this episode. Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com or you can send me a message over at facebook.com slash rockthedragonpodcast. Um, yeah, guys. So uh, leave me some reviews. Let's get some uh, some likes over there on that Facebook page, etc. I'm not going to drag this out any longer. I'm just going to say until next time for Rock the Dragon Podcast. I'm Tim Bridgewater and I'll see you next time.